Okay, Newcastle United have beaten Aston Villa 3-1 here in the second city. And we're just reflecting on an amazing away victory. Newcastle's first away victory since the 8-0 thrashing of Sheffield United in the Premier League. First away victory in the Premier League since then. Um, obviously, they have won in the Cups. But um, Premier League-wise, we've had nothing until tonight. So, this is Lee Ryder speaking uh, Chief Football Writer on Chronicle Live. And we're going to reflect on uh, an amazing night uh, in Birmingham. So, here we go. So, this game really going into it, I think Newcastle United fans, probably, if we're being totally honest, would have taken a point if you'd uh, put it in their direction um, before the game. And personally, I would have said that was a very good result, given how how well uh, Unai Emery's team have been flying in the Premier League in recent times. They're in the Champions League places and Newcastle knew they were going to be in for a tough game. Or so we thought, because the way Villa started this game um, did not look like a top-four side. They didn't really get anywhere near Martin Dubravka's goal. I think it took him uh, until the 27th minute to make a save. So that was... Uh, a real surprise to me. I expected much more from Villa. I did look at the form book before the game and I did notice that Villa have indeed been stuttering, um, have got a couple of draws. They were held to Sheffield United at home and uh, not so long ago. So, you know, they, they weren't unbeatable, but um, look, at the end of the day, Newcastle knew them for a tough game. We'll talk through the goals now. Um, First goal came uh, on 32 minutes from Fabian Scher, uh, a Kieran Trippier corner was swung in and yeah, he just converted it like a, a centre forward and just tucked it in the bottom corner of the net from close range, had time and space to do it. That put Newcastle on their way and Villa were almost uh, shell-shocked with um, with the, the start that Newcastle had made because not only did they score the goal... They dominated, Lewis Miley was picking passes, Anthony Gordon was getting some joy down the left. Um, but yeah, they seemed shell-shocked and that was definitely the case because four minutes later they were 2-0 down. It was Fabian Shaw again, it was Trippier's corner, was whipped in, uh, it fell for Gordon who seen his shot take deflection, hit the crossbar and it fell for Shaw again and again he buried it like a centre forward um, so you know 2-0 on 36 minutes two goals in four minutes and Newcastle were well on the way to a victory um, after the break you know obviously they'd emerged for the second half you know knowing that Alexander Isaac had already gone off with an injury um, but Almiron had came on and it was Almiron who had a big hand in the third goal. Uh, it was Gordon who rolled him in down the left. He puts a cross in and Jacob Murphy, if I'm being honest, he did, <laughs> he did his best to miss uh, the ball ricocheting off um, his left leg uh, and then going into the net via um, Marino on the line. But 3-0 on 52 minutes. It was just unbelievable talk about being in dreamland, being 3-0 up against one of the top four teams in the Premier League with 52 minutes on the clock, it doesn't get much better. It had spats of the game at Old Trafford when Newcastle flew into a 3-0 lead there in the Carabao Cup. 
but this was the Premier League. Uh, and then after that, I was wondering what what do Aston Villa do in response, but what do Newcastle do in response being three and love? Um, do they sit back, soak it up, try and kill the game, or do they start taking weary bodies off, knowing there's there's, there's a lot of big games uh, to come? Uh, the decided to make a couple of changes, but uh, Villa also made a host of changes. Three substitutes they bought uh, on. One of them was Leon Bailey, and he had a hand in Villa's consolation goal, crossing for Watkins to apply the finish. That was with 19 minutes left, and um, they had another one disallowed a couple of minutes later, but it didn't count. It was offside. It was just offside. Had that been, had that gone in, then you know three two going into the last fifteen minutes, it would have been chaos. But Newcastle had breathing space, uh, and you know they did manage to see the game out and um, win three one. They, they could have actually won it more handsomely. Uh, a great move down to the left again. Um, Almiron playing in Bruno, who then trickled it to Longstaff, but. Uh, he couldn't. He couldn't apply the finish. Sadly, so um, it stayed at three-one. No one was complaining. Now, my reaction on the performance was: it's probably the best performance against one of the big boys, um, or the bigger boys in Villa. They are in the top four. Um, you know, done the same points as Manchester City. Let's not forget that forty-three points. Uh, it was one of the best performances of the season on the road, no doubt about it. Newcastle have been poor away from home. What it actually does for Newcastle, it hauls them back into a European place. Now, that is no mean feat given that Newcastle had lost six from seven Premier League games going into this one. Uh, and it almost feels like while they have lost pace in the Champions League race, they and managed to keep the hand in in the Europa League um, and the Europa Conference League places uh, and they climbed back into a Europa Conference League place now I'm going to say this now if Newcastle United get into Europe this season it's almost in a bit of a strange way it's almost as big as an achievement as it was getting in the Champions League last season and I know people say well you, you know they finished fourth last season but this season when you think about the adversity that they've been dealt uh, with injuries, uh, with the Tenali ban, you know, um, with the FFP, <laughs> you know, they haven't been able to sign a player in this window because of it. If you think about the adversity uh, they've been dealt with, then, you know, getting into Europe would be a massive, massive win for Eddie Howe. Uh, still got the FA Cup as well. We'll talk about that a bit later, though. Um but Europa Conference League place would be beautiful for Newcastle United this season. That is the best way to describe it. Now, there are plenty interesting stats to emerge from the game. Uh, given the fact Newcastle haven't actually won at Villa Park since, uh, I think, 2013. That's a long time to wait for for a win. And Newcastle fans celebrated it uh, well. I mean, I remember... You know, back in the day, Newcastle winning there in the in the nineties, uh, getting good wins there. They got a couple of good wins on Alan Pardew, um, but yeah, in more recent times it's been gloomy. And you know, Newcastle got relegated 
uh, in 2009 at this ground. They got relegated in 2016. So to get that win, it was a big one because there is a bit of a weird rivalry between Villa and Newcastle and it was just nice to uh, finally you know, put that to bed. Now, the other big stat is that Newcastle have now done the double over Aston Villa this season, so six points against Villa. Um, that's now eight goals uh, in the Premier League against Villa and if you add the three goals in pre-season in a 3-3 draw in the Premier League series, uh, that's 11 goals in uh, less than a year against Villa. So that is a massive statement. Um, revenge for last season when Newcastle were outclassed 3-0 by Unai Emery's men. Um, but really, for the fans, uh, I think they just wanted to see their team do well on the road again. Uh, it's been a long time. There's been some tough nights down at Tottenham and Everton, Liverpool. It's just been you know one thing after another. The Luton away game, um, there was so many... Uh, disappointments uh, before Christmas uh, but now Newcastle have managed to sort of put that a bed a bit and they've got they're back in the groove a little bit and I think the FA Cup has definitely helped them to do that you know that away win at Sunderland that away win at Fulham um, you know you don't get you don't um, you don't get wins from nowhere and you don't get confidence from nowhere but Newcastle have managed to rediscover it and they've used the FA Cup to do it and now they're hopefully going to transfer it to the Premier League so great win um, massive bonus to be in a European place and now suddenly those three fixtures um, you know Newcastle Luton Notts Forest Newcastle Newcastle Bournemouth they don't look as daunting as they did now um, and you know, you'd think if Newcastle can get a good quarter of points from those three games, six or seven points, then you know the season's, you know, well, right back on now. It's it's crisis, what crisis territory, um, and Newcastle hopefully can have a strong finish to what's been a tough season. Um, I think Luton showed their quality tonight by, you know, defeating Brighton four um, nil. So it won't be easy, but I think Newcastle will will look forward to this game now. Be back in front of their fans, you know. They moved out of January with a big win, and uh, yeah, there's everything to play for again. All of a sudden, so Newcastle fans in great mood down here. As I touched on in one of my articles, there had been more train problems at a Newcastle away game. So not only did this game kick off at eight fifteen, and you know I've literally. Not long got back from the stadium uh, and it's a very late night. Newcastle fans had problems on the way down. There was train cancellations. Um, I think everyone was crammed on one train. My own journey ended up, uh, I think I changed train four times. So it, that just shows you it wasn't, a, it wasn't an easy easy um, journey down here and that you know there's been a lot of difficult trips for Newcastle fans this season so great that they're able to enjoy this uh, midweek win away to Aston Villa um, and now uh, for Eddie Howe we spoke to him in the press conference um, he just hopes that you know that confidence is, is starting to, to flow back there was a little bit of talk about transfers he was basically saying as things stood on Tuesday night, it uh, doesn't look like he's going to be able to bring anybody in. 
doesn't look like anybody's going out either. So we just now need these FFP settings to reset a little bit. Um, the three-month cycle, sorry, the three-year cycle uh, resets. So Newcastle should be able to invest in the playing squad uh, in the summer. And there will be a lot of players uh, moving off the books as well. Uh, a lot of players that the new owners inherited. So it's going to be a big summer. Uh, but that's for another day. The January transfer window, it's been, well, how can you describe it? Frustrating. You know, we started it hoping Newcastle will get a couple of players through the door. Um, you probably would have said a centre-back, a winger or a centre-forward, you name it, a midfielder. You could have probably made a case for, for every position. Uh, but looks like they're going to end up with nobody. And, yeah, that's, that's hard to bear for Eddie Howe because uh, his squad definitely needs something. Uh, with the injuries they've got, but now you're seeing this squad kind of mature a little bit. Um, Lewis Miley signed a new contract, that's been a big moment. Um, you know, Sean Longstaff's now looking like a, a seasoned campaigner in that midfield. You've got Elliot Anderson to come back, so there's a lot of, a lot of plus points um, going into this, you know, second half of the season, and for. Eddie, I think um, he'll be pleased where Newcastle are. Uh, I think he admitted in the press conference himself that he'd felt frustrated with uh, some of the form uh, Newcastle have, have endured because he believed that what they were producing deserved better. Um, and I guess on a night like tonight, uh, that that's there for all to see. So let's hope uh, Newcastle have turned the corner. That was my... Uh, gut reaction after the game. Newcastle fans were still in the ground chanting Sandro Tonali's name. I thought that was pretty, a pretty special tribute for a guy who's not going to play for seven months. But yeah, there's there was a lot of heroes on the pitch there tonight, and Eddie Howe and his coaching staff making a point of, of going over there and um, giving them a you know the response they deserved. And yeah, I mean, the, as I say, the only sour note was. Isak going off, but the good news is that Eddie Howe doesn't think it's a serious one. Precautionary, and I think the fact that Alex Isak was the guy who signalled to come off, I think that says it all, really. So he just felt something. He didn't want to push it. We've seen, if you remember, the um, African Cup of Nations, we've seen Mo Salah indicate that he wanted to come off. The top players do it. They know when something's about to go wrong, uh, and They'll indicate, they'll decide when they go off. And I think that's pretty much what happened there with Alexander Isak tonight. So hopefully he'll be okay soon and Newcastle will have him back at his disposal. And hopefully um, Newcastle will march on from this and hold on that European place.